studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First of all, could you characterize the dynamic between yourself and President Biden? Was it hostile or was it friendly? The um, first overall evaluation, as far as that is concerned, I don't think there was any kind of hostility. On the contrary, our uh, meeting was obviously um, a fundamental one. Uh, many of our joint positions uh, are divergent, uh, but nevertheless, I think that both sides manifested um, determination to try and understand each other and try and converge our positions. And I think it was very constructive. You know, in terms of international hijinks, Putin can hit an 800-mile-per-hour curveball, okay? He's that good. So here he is, the dictator of, a, of an empire, one of the richest men in the world because he's a kleptocrat. And, uh, and, and he's got 75 projects going. Each one of the, he's pulling the strings on those. Each one of those projects is pulling 75 strings and he's orchestrating all of it. And he gets hit with, were the meetings friendly or were they hostile? He's got to think, okay, it's a waste of my time, but okay. They were at times friendly and at times somewhat hostile. Okay, great. I guess they have to ask, and I'm curious to hear, but come on. So the Putin-Biden meeting is over, and uh, so far nothing exciting has come out of that, although Joe Biden has not done his press conference yet, and when he does, uh, if he does it soon, we'll, we'll bring some of that to you. Well, the meeting broke up at 4.55 local time. Denny's early bird special ends at 5. Coincidence? He goes to bed at 5.30, so, yeah. Come on. Come on. He's off to get moons over Miami. Oh, sleepy poop. <laughs> Excellent choice. Excellent choice. It is a good choice. I'll always value Denny's, although in my mind they have had a decline in quality. If that uh, has been turned around, then please somebody tell me I will correct myself. We had a bad experience at a Denny's in Arizona, and so my kids, when we drive by a Denny's, they say, we hate you, Denny's. They shake their fists still to this day because they were all excited. We were going to go, and it must have been Christmas time because they were doing the pancakes where they'd like make a reindeer out of the pancake with uh, like some whipped cream. and. Uh, oh, yeah. Holiday classic. You know. Some strawberries and stuff like that. We never got our food because I've told this story because the the cook refused to cook. I don't know what happened <laughs> between him. We waited and waited and waited and my, waited. And my parents, grandma and grandpa, are very patient people, but I am not. And so I went up to the kitchen to try to figure out what the hell was going on as we'd been there forever. And uh, and I said to the waitress, we've been here a long time. What's going on? She said, he won't cook anything. And they get into an argument and he was she's yelling at him. What are you doing? And he just has his back to her, like ignoring her on purpose. Mm. Are you going to cook anything? And he just keeps pretending that he isn't here, looking at his watch. They had some sort of personal beef going where he wow. refused to cook anymore. And she, I'd kept... like to order the personal beef, please. <laughs> at least there's some of that in the kitchen. <laughs> I would like, uh, I, I'd like a big slab of personal beef with some raw <laughs> nerves on the side. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you cook the nerves, they lose all their vitamins. People want the beef. He seems to be getting your goose, so if I could have some of that. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, ne- I you know, I never stuck around to figure out what's going on because he clearly had decided to quit or something. 
don't know if he was just mad at her at the restaurant, but he would not cook anything. And I went back to my parents and said, "There's not going to be any food coming. We're going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to go somewhere else." And so we left. There was never. There was not going to be any food. He had given. But the, to me, the funniest part was that she thought she was going to like shame him into cooking. I guess as the just browbeat him into cooking. Yeah. Well, or you know, I, it's a, it's like your classic thing. You know, you see the uh, you see your neighbor in the backyard eating the dog poop, and you think, "Hey, hey, Jim, that's bad for you." You know, the, clearly you're past that point. He's saying, too crazy to be communicated. Are you right. going to cook? There are customers wanting their food. He knows that. He's aware <laughs> that he's supposed to be cooking the food for the customers. He's angry about something different. Right, right. <laughs> so he yeah, the last the tickets yes. on the machine. <laughs> yes, yes. He's aware of the problem he's caused. That's a result he's of something else. <laughs> in a kitchen wearing white and the funny hat. He knows he's a cook. She was so exasperated. What are you doing? He's ignoring <laughs> you. See what we what we've got to do is get to the why he's ignoring you. Yeah, the last time Judy and I went to a Denny's, and we grew up going to Denny's, and we liked Denny's, but the last time we went, the, the bacon was the most spectacularly thin bacon I've ever seen in my life. It was two microns thick. You could read a book through it, and it was just yeah. not good, so we didn't go again. I, but I've, uh, had a, I've had Denny's experiences where the bacon was just a charcoal stick. I mean, how yeah. did you let it cook that long? But it will always have a warm place in my heart, because on the 24th? Yeah, what time of day was it? The 24th of November, 1994. Judy was very, very pregnant, and we were going to go out to Sonny's Barbecue in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm, that's some good barbecue. But she said, you know, my stomach's not great right now. Why don't we oh, go to Mrs. Denny's? Oh, Mrs. Pregnant Woman's going to decide where we eat, <laughs> is what you said. Oh, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> not that I recall. I said, yes, my sweetheart, anywhere you would like, my sure. princess. And so we uh, we ended up at Denny's. In the pouring rain, I think she had moons over my hammy, uh, which was her regular order at the time. Uh, and then we, we went home in a horrendous thunderstorm, and later that night headed for the hospital, and uh, little Declan was born the next morning. We have to so, yes. He is like a little baby. We have he was very much like one, yes. <laughs> we have the same relationship with Wendy's both times. Uh, mm. Seemed to bring the kids around with stopping at a Wendy's. Yeah, um, yeah. I had something else I was going to say about that. Uh, going, to Win- uh, going to Wendy's. Babies. Judy. Rainstorms. The Denny's. Putin. Eating at the Denny's. The bacon. Temper like tantrums. A, bacon. Oh, I, I, I don't eat out as near as much as I used to. But back like when I could eat out as much as I wanted and eat whatever I wanted. Um, I became very aware that if you're willing to spend an extra $2 oh, on yeah. your breakfast... You go into a whole nother orbit of quality. <laughs> and, and I just don't understand why more people don't do that. It's similar to me with gas. I mean, if you're really, really pinching every single penny, and I don't mean nickel, penny, the amount it's going to cost you to fill up your tank of gas, because this one's two cents a gallon cheaper than that one, you get so much better service over there. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend an extra 50 cents to fill up your car. But over there, there aren't bums there. It's clean. The uh, the wiper, the things where you wash off your window are full of fluid. There's paper towels. The bathrooms are cleaner. You get all that for fifty cents. It's similar with the uh, the, the, the 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 breakfast. If you're willing to spend an extra two and a half dollars, the bacon, the eggs, the toast, everything goes up like three hundred percent. Listen so to Rockefeller go. over here. I am Listen a, to the rich boy. This is white supremacy. The or Rockefeller who wants to spend eight dollars instead of six and a half. <laughs>
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. So we're waiting for old Joe Biden to uh, do his news conference. He's got to grab a nap. And uh, again, the, the <laughs> early bird. At, Once uh, again, Denny's in Geneva. Nap. After his nap for the second time today, they'll have to come in, ask him to pull down his presidential trousers. And what will they do, Mike? They give him a big fat shot in the ass and just like they did before the debates. Get him all woke up. Do you think he lasts the first term? Yes. I say no. I... Do you think they go with the look alike? <laughs> Michael um, do you think uh, just uh, as uh, I look at the way he is now and I'm not rooting against him because I, I disagree with Joe Biden on a lot of stuff, uh, but at least he's not a maniac. Kamala Harris is an idiot oh. and has no soul. I don't think she could win. Um, uh, oh, no, but she will be the president, I think. Well, if, <laughs> well it'd be a before Joe weird... Biden's first term is over. I, uh, I can't imagine him running again, though. No, he won't. He absolutely won't. Four years older than, and four years more tired and baffled than he was last time. I just can't imagine him running again. But uh, no way the Democrats are going to run Kamala Harris. It would be a weird thing to do, to pass over your sitting vice president and pick a different nominee. But I don't think there's any way you run Kamala Harris. Well, they did it fairly. Re- You're absolutely right, first of all. Um, but they did it fairly recently when they passed over Joe Biden because it was Hillary Clinton's turn. And they're gonna they're gonna do polling on Kamala, and it is going to be miserable. It's going to set records. You won't hear about it because it'll be quiet internal polling. Uh, but she will poll about as well as she deserves, which is right up there with with paper cuts and farting in a crowded elevator. Come on now. But I suppose he could run, and if he won, a lot of it depends depends on whether he is running against Trump or not. Oh, the old sign and trade, the win and resign. If he's running against, if he's running against a um, like a Marco Rubio or something like that, I think Marco Rubio wins walking away. No, I don't know. If 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 Biden does, yeah, Biden yeah, against well, like a like a Biden. Every vote for Biden was a vote against Trump. Every single one. There wasn't a single vote that was for <laughs> Biden out of eighty-five million. They were all against Trump. Yeah, yeah. Putting aside your your uh, charming exaggeration, there's a hell of a lot of truth there. A hell of a lot. Otherwise, Biden would have won a long time ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah. When exactly. he was twice as sharp. He'd never won a state previously. Right. Right. Well, we're under contract for a couple of years, so we got to cover that election. Something to look forward to. Yeah, not yet, though. Whether we like it or not. <laughs> In time. Like, at some point, my kids are going to be dating, but I don't have to think about it yet. Yeah, true that. True that. Cross that bridge, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Right. When that, uh, you we'll, worry, we'll, we'll you suffer twice. Burn that bridge when we get to it. That train has sailed. I hear you. <laughs> um, so, uh, we were pretty heavy on the Biden-Trump uh, thing, and it's over, and so far, nothing exciting has come out of it. If Biden comes out, we'll bring that to you. Otherwise, we'll catch up on other news coming up. My goodness, Conan, I have not seen you since the Capitol riots. <laughs> you look fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Martin. It's yeah. very nice you, you, you look like some freeze-dried Prince Harry. Yeah, you, know. <laughs> no, you, look, you look great. Those freckles are benign, right? Yes, Everything's the freckles good? are no. benign. 
No, you're pale. You are pale. You you're look like shy. if you bleached bleach. <laughs> no, you look fantastic. Thank you, really you so much. And I'm excited to be here at eight let more shows. It's, it's, eight more. This is the yeah, you know. Is, uh, and who's your final guest? I'm assuming it's Jay Leno. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Martin Short on one of the handful of remaining shows of Conan O'Brien, which I should probably start taping and watch the last uh, week's worth because I've always been a Conan fan. Yeah, it's uh, a small regret, but it's definitely one of my regrets that given my schedule and responsibilities and the rest of it, I just I've never really had a chance to watch his show. Funny dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Putin is still taking questions live as we speak. And he took one about um, because the Putin, Putin, Biden, press, not Putin, the Putin, Putin, the Putin, Putin uh, press conference is over. Biden's going to take questions later. Putin is currently and he took uh, some on cyber uh, spying and that sort of stuff. And secondly, throughout these conversations, did you commit to ceasing carrying out cyber attacks on the United States? Cyberspace is extraordinarily important in general and in particular for the U.S. and to the same extent for Russia. For example, um, one of the health systems in a, a very important part of Russia was attacked. So it means that this work is being coordinated in the U.S. I don't think uh, that the U.S. administration is particularly interested in um, organizing that or looking into it. I, all they do is to make insinuations. Um, what we need is expert consultations um, between us. We agree to that in principle, and Russia is prepared for that. Wow. So he's saying, well, we got hacked out of uh, your country, and the administration, you know, I don't think they're involved in it, like, didn't order it, but they're not trying to stop it either. So it's exactly the reverse of what we're saying about his situation. Right, right. We definitely have his attention, and if it, if indeed we go with a Trumpian, and I would love to see this, our defense is offense. Oh, you think you're good? You think you can screw us up? Watch this, and make it extremely costly. You know, if indeed we were behind that attack, A, good, and B, maybe it's got his attention, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, this headline just came across. Putin spins global cyber attacks, says majority originate from within the United States. That's like China saying it was our fish sticks that caused the COVID-19. Our fish sticks. Right. Uh, any more Biden's uh, Putin stuff that's interesting, we'll bring that to you. There is an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today from the editorial board. Threats rise, U.S. defense falls. Here's one of the quotes from it. At roughly 300 ships, the Navy soon won't have the size or capability to compete with the more than 350-ship fleet China is minting. In April, China reportedly uh, commissioned three warships in one day, for instance. Wow. So we're falling behind the rest of the world, particularly China and Russia, that we call co-peers, and our ability to match their uh, Navy. Here's the final two paragraphs from that article. Congressman massaged the Biden request for more money, which is actually because it falls below like inflation and deterioration. It's actually a cut. But uh, members should level with the American public. A military that is large, modern and ready to fight is expensive. We'll be the first to endorse military health care changes or civil service reform to reduce ballooning person personnel costs. But the 
choice America is facing is not whether to buy more ships instead of tanks. It is whether to defend itself adequately or pretend to do so while shrinking defense to fund an ever-growing social welfare state. Adversaries can see the trend even if the White House would rather not acknowledge it. And they've got a chart with the percentage of GDP that we spend on military going down, 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 down over the years as we spend more and more on the social welfare state. Well, and that growth is at a horrific rate. I mean, the chipping away at the military is fairly uh, minor year after year, but the, the exponential growth of the welfare state is just shocking and about to get even bigger. Yeah, the well, they do need to level. We do need to level with everybody. Hey, if we're going to continue to have the best military in the world, it's going to be really expensive. You can't yeah, have everything. Yeah. We have an aging population. We have exploding health care costs. We also have, uh, oh, what was the third thing I was going to say? Uh, oh, uh, we're soon uh, to have an incredibly high expense merely servicing our debt because we borrowed so much of it at incredibly low rates, but it floats. So when the Fed is forced to raise interest rates and interest rates go up around the world, that that's going to be really expensive. The former head of the CDC, he ran the CDC under Trump, really disappointed in the scientific community and the way they handled the whole origin of the COVID story. We'll hear from him, and it's a pretty interesting, among other things, on the way. Get the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Vladimir Putin, one of the most evil men on the planet. Some people believe he's the richest man on the planet, although old MBS in Saudi Arabia might argue with him. Uh, He's a terrible guy. He's killed many people. He's given a press conference. He finished talking with Joe Biden. And he's still taking questions, including from uh, not just the friendly Russian press. Some other stuff now. Let's hear a little bit. Uh, the list of your political opponents who are dead, prisoned, or jailed is long. Alexei Navalny's organization calls for free and fair elections, an end to corruption. But Russia has outlawed that organization, calling it extremists. And you have now prevented anyone who supports him to run for office. So my question is, Mr. President, what are you so afraid of? Uh, America just recently had very severe events after well-known events after the, after the killing, killing of an African-American. And an entire movement developed known as Black Lives Matter. I'm not going to comment on that, but here's what I do want to say. What we saw was disorder, destruction, violations of the law, etc. We feel sympathy for the United States of America, but we don't want that to happen on our territory. And we're doing our utmost in order to not allow it to happen. And uh, some fears has nothing to do with anything. So uh, he's saying he avoids that sort of unrest by uh, jailing people who are causing troubles. You let people smash up your buildings and burn things down. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, and he goes ahead and gets us on our heels by saying, yeah, you had a black guy murdered. That was terrible. All sorts of unrest there. Mm -hmm. You're sinners and racists. And anyway... We don't want that sort of chaos. He's, it's a mark of his confidence that he's willing to take on the American press. He, uh, he jumped into that immediately, too. Um, so he was ready to go on that one. Of course, that's the same line that China's been using, too. Okay, here's, sure. a, here's a little more. 
You didn't answer my question, sir. If all of your political opponents are dead, in prison, poison, doesn't that send a message that you do not want a fair political fight? As for who is killing whom or throwing whom in jail, people came to the U.S. Congress with political demands. 400 people. Over 400 people had criminal charges placed on them. They uh, face prison sentences of up to 20, maybe even 25 years. They're being called domestic terrorists. They're being accused of a number of other crimes. 70 of them were arrested right away after the events, and 30 of them are still under arrest. It's unclear on what grounds. And as for the, nobody from the official authorities has informed us about it. Some people, some people died, and uh, one of the people that died, they were simply shot on the spot by uh, the police, although they were not threatening the police with any weapons. In many countries, the same thing happens that happens in our country. I'd like to stress once more that we sympathize with what happened in the United States, but we have no desire to allow the same thing to happen in our country. Uh, just a couple of more questions, uh, because later the, the president will continue his program. Please hand over the microphone. So, so the American reporter uh, asked a question and then a follow-up question because he didn't answer the question. He's trying to avoid that happening again by saying, hey, hand over the microphone. And whoever let her have the microphone too much, enjoy your polonium later this afternoon. <laughs> Tell you what, listening to Putin's like watching uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. fight. You can't lay a glove on him. You think you got him. He's, he's cornered. Then, please, he slips away without even trying. So he goes with the, uh, what do you mean, I, I, jail, I jail political opponents? You, you had political opponents uh, show up at the Capitol and you put them in jail. Some of them, uh, I don't even know what the charges are. One person we got sh- one person shot dead by the government for no reason. So that's that's his response. We have yeah, a saying: funny. Don't be mad at the mirror <laughs> if you're ugly. I'm not sure that applies in this case. Yeah, Tucker Carlson's been on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The idea of over prosecution and the rest of it in conjunction with the uh, in relation rather to uh, to January sixth and Putin is so well prepped. And I know I sound like some sort of fanboy or anything. I'm just trying to a- understand my adversary. Sung Tzu style. I'm trying to never underestimate him to know his skills. And he is skilled. He's good at dictating, no doubt. We got a new federal holiday. Did you hear this? We've added a 12th federal holiday in the United States of America. Missed that somehow. Should I be on the beach right now? Does it list all the other ones? Because I was thinking, we have 11? You got uh, National Cherry Day. No, I don't think those are holidays. Uh, let's see. We got uh oh, open it up. President's Day, New Martin Year's, Luther King. New Year's Day. is a federal holiday. Martin Luther King, uh, President's Day, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Columbus Day, Columbus Day. Stupid. That's the you said. Oh, we, uh, I'm sorry. It's Indigenous Peoples. Instead Day of adding one, we should have gotten rid of one and then added in this one. Veterans Day, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Columbus Day is clearly and without a doubt the stupidest of all those. Oh, please. It's a Lilliputian among giants. Uh, but we got a new one. We're adding a 12th. Of course, this is the government voting to give themselves another holiday that we all pay for as the taxpayers. So, What are the chances this is going to be piss me off? Uh, well, I don't exactly know what Juneteenth is. But oh. Juneteenth is now uh, the 12th federal holiday. 
That was the day that uh, Texas was declared slave-free, or the proclamation went through. Go ahead. Juneteenth commemorates when the last enslaved African Americans learned they were free. Right. Confederate soldiers surrendered in April 1865, but word didn't reach the last enslaved black people until June 19th, when Union soldiers brought the news to the of freedom to Galveston, Texas. That was about two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Well, two years wow. after the Emancipation Proclamation, there were still slaves working in Galveston, Texas. Wow. But So that's June, Juneteenth. June 19th. Yeah, you know, and that is a big deal, especially Saturday, this Saturday. In Texas and close by southern states that I've been aware of for quite a while, I'd rather see a uh, Emancipation Proclamation holiday or 14th Amendment holiday. It would be a great one. Well, that's fine. It's it's political correctness. It's a decent enough thing. Fourteenth Amendment. That's about the quartering of soldiers. Yes, that's right. Exactly. No quartering soldiers. You cannot put soldiers in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I drive by military bases and yell, "Don't try to move into my house." So Robert Redfield, the former CDC director, is coming Who wears out. Wears the chin beard. That's the beard with no mustache. He looks like a uh, a uh, what do you call it a who who from Whoville? Would you guess that he can't grow a decent mustache? He can grow. He can grow. A, Says who? He can grow a decent beard, <laughs> but he can't grow a mustache. Is that what you? That's what I always assume when I see somebody with a chin beard. It's hard to imagine you experimenting. You're in front of the mirror. You shave your mustache, and you think, "Wow, wait a minute, wait, whoa!" Now we're onto something. I got the beard, but no mustache. This looks great. <laughs> anyway, he goes with that. Probably yeah. shouldn't get hung up on that. Yeah, but he has joined the chorus of people saying, not only is the lab leak not a crazy conspiracy theory, which has been completely debunked by science, it's probably what happened. His testimony before the court of your opinion. Next. Armstrong and Getty. Listen to this. Wait a second. All right. John. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's been an outbreak of chocolatey goodness near Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think happened? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe a steam shovel made it with a cocoa bean. Or it's the chocolate factory. Maybe that's it. That could be. That could be. John Sturt trying to point out to Stephen Colbert how obvious it is that the coronavirus came out of a place where they're studying that very kind of coronavirus. Not only studying them, but enhancing them to make them extra nasty. That point of view from John Stewart, that clip would not have been allowed on Facebook a couple of months ago. I bet right? they, well, I don't know. I don't know how they would have ruled on that one, because obviously they love John Stewart in general on Facebook, but not that point of view, the conspiracy theory that the COVID came out of Wuhan. Oh, no. Um, uh, Dr. Redfield, who ran the CDC, had some interesting things to say about that yesterday. Yeah, and we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, we cited uh, an article in Forbes in which they were very, uh, very upset that John Stewart said that and said, uh, many scientists don't believe that it was, it was a conspiracy theory, but that seems to be changing. Wow, yeah, it does. 
And then Mike Rowe with my favorite reaction to it. This is the greatest video I've seen in 15 months. It's great, not just because it's funny, but because it reunites comedy with courage. For those of you who were shouted down last year for daring to suggest that the Wuhan coronavirus probably came from a laboratory in Wuhan called the Wuhan Coronavirus Lab, this is your vindication. And for those of you wondering where all the comedians went, I'm happy to report that one has returned. John Stewart has broken through with a rant that can't be ignored. Enjoy every word and note, too, the cognitive dissonance that washes over Stephen Colbert as his old friend reminds his audience by way of example. And here's the key part. that comedy is simply not possible when comedians are scared of being canceled or they're committed to enforcing the norms rather than challenging them. It's quite simply the most hopeful thing I've seen in ages. Comedy is made to challenge power, not to slavishly, bootlickingly support it. Colbert, you punk. Anyway, uh, from comedians to scientists, as Jack mentioned, uh, Mr. Redfield, former CDC director, is speaking out. Clip 60. And I said before that I didn't think it was biologically um, plausible that COVID-19 went from a bat to some unknown animal into man and now have become one of the most infectious viruses to man immediately. That's not consistent with how other coronaviruses have come into the human species. And it does uh, suggest that there's an alternative hypothesis, that it went from a, a bat virus, got into a laboratory, where in the laboratory it was uh, taught, educated, it evolved, so that it became a virus that could efficiently transmit human to human. Yeah, it's similar to what they were saying, those two doctors in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago, that it's just it's just not, it's very, very, very unlikely that it would evolve this way in nature this fast. Yeah, specifically the way it binds the spike proteins is uh, the kind that are always engineered in the lab in this sort of experiment, but never occur in nature. It would be the first time ever, or it's what they always do, always in labs. Uh, let's go on with Dr. Redfield, clip 61. I don't think we can have a meaningful, uh, transparent uh, investigation led by WHO. I think they're just too compromised. Um, and but I do think the you know the G7 or the world could potentially put together a, an investigative team if the Chinese would want to be part of that. But I think if we use these historical organizations, we're going to get more of the same. Yeah. Um... It is some some sometimes I just I, I forget the um, what's going on here. The the real story is science, as John Stewart was pointing out the other day. It, uh, yeah, congratulations, all the science scientists who came up with the vaccine and uh, all this sort of vast course. Of course, scientists created this problem. Um, it is amazing that some scientists in a room created this thing that has changed all of our lives so much for the past year. Including right. the millions of people that died. And scientists and bureaucrats in the United States supported, maybe with the best of intentions, a lot of the experimentation that was going on. And then That's worked fine. as hard as they could to cover up the truth. That's not fine. No. Uh, let's finish with clip 62. It just seemed like a lot of people wanted to squelch any idea that there was another hypothesis. And I think that's what I find the most disappointing because I would expect that from politicians. I would expect that from governments. I would never expect that for the scientific community. And yet, what we witnessed 
was the scientific community went on heavy to try to stop any open debate about the origin of this virus. And I find that just very, very sad, very disconcerting, and very anti-science. Yeah, think? Yeah, it is. It is. I, I would have never guessed that either. I would have thought, no, scientists are going to stick with the science. Nope. nope. And if things go sideways in the lab, they will say so. But no, it's this is not about science. This is about human beings. They spent a long time convincing us through bureaucrats mostly, and we didn't hear about the discussion, that they could play with fire. They could play with fire safely. They were going to play with fire for the benefit of mankind. And then the fire caught in the lab and burnt down, you know, the the world and killed millions. And their first reaction was to scream, it wasn't us, it wasn't us. With the aid of the Chinese communists who, you know, are more than happy to jail or, or kill anybody who tells the truth up into this moment. Who's Jim Skew to? He's a CNN guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Skewto, Skewto, yeah. He tweeted out, Biden looked Putin in the eyes. Biden immediately looked away. Molly Hemingway retweeted some retweeted somebody commenting on that. Well, you can tell Jim stayed up all night preparing to report on the whole Putin-Biden eye contact thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was going to be tweeted that way no matter what happened. So much clickbait. Yeah. There's nothing to say, so we'll say this. Whatevs. Redunculous. Biden still uh, at Denny's? He's still, he's still at Denny's, and he realized that, hey, it's 5.30 local time. I think I need a snooze. Right. And they'll wake Matt him up at some, Matt, <laughs> wake up at some point, and they'll... Take him a nap. Wakes up from a snooze, realizes Matt locks on, flips that on, completely forgets about the press conference. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it, uh, I wonder, do you suppose he's consulting with people as to, to what to say? Yeah, I don't think he can be trusted oh, to ad lib it. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even trying to take a shot at him. Uh, just uh, this is what they're probably doing, and this probably makes sense. They wanted to hear all of Putin's press conference, see what he said, and see if there's anything they need to counter. Sure, in theirs, which is fine. We can absolutely. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Final thoughts with A and G. Yeah. Or he's sound asleep in his booth at the Denny's. <laughs> Which is also a possibility. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. Here he is, pressing buttons in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Uh, yeah, some of the best advice was given by Jack Armstrong today. Paid $2 more for your breakfast. It makes a big difference. It does. Yes, it does. Two bucks. Completely different world of food. Positive Sean, our producer, has a final thought for us. Eh, I pay $6 instead of $8 for my breakfast every... Th- Fourth day, I get a free breakfast. That's one way That's to look the counter. Yeah. Food is yeah. fuel. Stop trying to get pleasure from it. Oh, stop it. You're not allowed to comment on food. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? Um, Speaking of food, I'm eating too much of it. And I'm just going the wrong direction with my uh, my weight. And just, I don't know. You go through peaks and valleys. It's amazing when you're in the groove, it seems like you'll be in the groove forever. You can't, you can't imagine how you could ever get out of the groove when you're in the groove. I felt that way on dance floors before. <laughs> like, whether it's working out or eating right or whatever, you know, keeping your office clean, whatever it is. When you're in the groove, you think, it's a new me. I'm never going to go back to the old me. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then something happens, and you're back to the old you. You know, I had a good final thought, but it flitted out of my head completely. And I'm t- it'll flip back in. So I'll tell you this now. 
Our interview with Bill Bratton, chief of police in New York, L.A., Boston, really interesting. It was hour two. You can get it via podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand at armstrongandgetty.com. Plus, we have some extra large podcasts and the One More Thing podcast, which we do almost every day, also available at armstrongandgetty.com. Oregon just signed a bill, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon, composting humans is now legal. Oh, Durr, how many? I don't know. Is so there a limit? You can just put grandma in the composting bin, and uh, she can be part of your daisies next year, which is kind of beautiful in a way. Armstrong and Getty, wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people have thanks so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All those uh, things I mentioned are available. You can email us anytime. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Plus, we have some great swags. Get an I'm Vaxxed No Mask t-shirt. We'll have the highlights of Biden's press conference when he wakes up at Denny's for you tomorrow. God bless America. Goodbye, sweet America. We have a saying. Don't be mad at the mirror if you're ugly. Damn! Oh, it expressed the courage little seen in this day and age. It's just the way it is. Half cup full, half cup empty. This is beyond dumb. I want winner. So, let's go out with a bang. Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Armstrong and Getty.